Let's ask the Lord's blessing to be with us. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be with our brother Chad. We just pray that your Holy Spirit would speak through him again today. We ask your blessing to be with him and with us, Lord. Speak to our hearts, open our hearts, change our hearts. We plead and pray, for we cannot do it ourselves. We have no strength in ourselves, and we need you. We need to look up. We bless you, we praise you, and we come in Christ's name. Amen. Has everybody... My mic out? Okay, we're good, we're good. All right. So I have this clicker. It's really cool. You click the thing and it advances the slides. Can't find the clicker. So Pastor Steve's my clicker. Uh, this is my um, email address. If any of you are interested in the stuff that I'm presenting, I can, if you email me, I'll send you, the, I'll send you a PDF of all of it. Some people like to take notes. Some people don't like to take notes. It kind of sounds arrogant when you're like, you're going to want to write this down. That's not what I'm trying to be. But uh, it's been really huge and uh, benef a benefit to me. And I just thought, yeah, if you want it, cool. If not, okay. Um, yesterday we talked about um, freedom. And we talked about what you do with freedom. Once you, once you have freedom, you, you all of a sudden decide on what you want. And once you've decided on what you want, go after it, right? I mean, typically when you think things through. If you don't decide what you want, everything around you will decide what you get. Isn't that how it works? You're like, man, how'd that happen? Where'd those 50 pounds come from? You know what I mean? Like, why am I in this job? Why do I, you know? So like, being very purposeful, I believe, is intention, and intentional is, is, a, is a huge huge thing in life. So I'm going to talk to you this morning about habits. Um, <clears throat> and we're not going to talk about some habits that are good and probably some habits that are bad, but, you know, just essentially, uh, how, you know, have you ever like, man, how'd that happen, you know, type of thing. I was a nose picker. Um, maybe you weren't. That's fine. Uh, next slide. So I want to read to you something that's kind of interesting. Uh, this is in Steps of Christ. Many are inquiring, how am I to make the surrender of myself to God? You desire to give yourself to Him, but you're weak in moral power, in slavery to doubt, and controlled by the habits of your life of sin. Has any, can anybody relate to that? Like, I really, truly want this here. But this is like the only part of my body that wants it. My eyes, my ears, my heart, everything else is like, no. And you're wanting to figure out how to fix that. Your promises, I can so relate to this. Your promises and resolutions are like ropes of sand. But tomorrow I'll start that. Just this one last time. I was gonna. You cannot control your thoughts, your impulses, your affections. The knowledge of your broken promises and forfeited pledges weaken your confidence in your own sincerity. Like, let's process that just a second. Like, you've tried to do it over and over again and you fail, fail, fail until you start to think, man, maybe I don't even want this. Like maybe this isn't a goal that I have. You've failed so many times 
that you question whether you're even in the right state of mind. And causes you to feel that God cannot accept you. I felt that way. How could you even want me? Because I don't even like myself. But here's what she says. But you need not despair. Next slide. What you need to understand is the true force of the will. This is the governing power in the nature of man. The power of decision or of choice. Everything depends on the right action of the will. The power of choice God has given to men, it is theirs to exercise. Can you, I mean, think about this. What people have done, even, even atheists have done with their will. Remember that dude that got, was climbing, he got caught, his arm got caught? Remember what he did? He's like, yeah, I'm going to die if I can't get out of here. So he cut his arm off. I'm sorry, I don't mean to freak you out. I didn't know if you knew or not. <laughs> he just like, and then he just made it back. Because his will to survive was greater than his will to die or his, his situation. But God has given us this beautiful power. If we surrender it to Him, Anything is possible, right? Doesn't the Bible say, I can do all things in Christ who gives me strength? Go ahead. You cannot change your heart. You cannot change of yourself. Give to God its affections. But you can choose to serve Him. You can give Him your will. He will then work in you to will and to do according to His good pleasure. Thus, your whole nature will be brought under the control of the Spirit of Christ. Your affections will be centered upon Him. Your thoughts will be in harmony with Him. What she's basically saying is, it's going to happen if you just give Him your will. Desires for goodness and holiness are right as far as they go. Like, oh, I want to be such a good guy. Or I want to do this. Or I want to do that. And someday I'm going to learn Spanish. Right? But if you stop here, what? They will avail nothing. Many will be lost while hoping and desiring to be Christians. They do not come to the point of yielding the will to God. They do not choose to be Christians. And look, there's a point in everyone's life where it's like, are you in or are you out? Through the right exercise of the will, an entire change may be made in your life. By yielding up your will to Christ, you ally yourself with the power that is above all principalities and powers. You will have strength from above to hold you steadfast, and thus, through constant surrender to God, you will be enabled to live the new life, even the life of faith. Look, I know this to be true, and I'll give you a human example. How many of you have a problem speeding? Wow, you guys are you're sinners, man. <laughs> Me too. I, I, yeah, I, like, I just can't do this. Oh, it's 70? I'm going to do 80. Like, I just, whatever, whatever the limit is, plus 9. Because that's what I've been told, right? Plus 7? It's 7 now? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, so, like, you have this mindset, and you're... Now, and you're like, look, I just can't do the speed limit. I just can't do the speed limit. And then what happens when you see the blue car 
all of a sudden you come under conviction. And you have this supernatural strength. You hit the brake, you come off the cruise, and and you're driving, this is on now, amen, the phone is away, all right, all right. And you will stay in that position as long as the cop's right next to you, right? What if the cop never left you for an entire hour? All of a sudden, you're living this sanctified, holy life. Now, whether your will is in it or not, let me, let me throw this out. What if I just never let go of his hand? Because the problem with me, and this is the great sin, I let go of his hand. I got this, Lord. Oh, you want me to do that? No, I don't think so. And I push him away. That's the sin. That's the sin that leads to sins. That was my problem. I guarantee you, whatever your issue is, you're letting go of his hand. But if you don't let go of his hand, you can do anything. Not only that, he'll change your mind to where you don't think about it anymore. And you know this to be true. How many of you don't think the way you used to on some issue in your life? Don't raise your hands. But I'm guessing, for the most part, except for this youngster in the back, most of us don't wear diapers. Because at some point in our life, we decided that it just would make sense to have the human nature to find a bathroom. Right? Now, obviously, there's other issues, medical conditions in different stages of life. I get that. But we've made a medical decision. I remember one time, I was getting, my grandfather was reading me, a, the, we're having worship, and I was laying in bed, and I remember that I was like, I know that I'm going to pee the bed. So I might as well just do it, because this is a really good story. That was my mindset. I was going to do it anyway. Might as well get it over with. So I did. Well, my grandpa put his hand in the bed to give me a kiss goodnight. He was surprised. And he was like, what is this? And I was like, well, it was a really good story. And then he told me what he would do to me if I ever did that again. My dad would have done that to me if he would have been there. But I had this mindset. I'm going to do it anyway. You, you follow me? I'm saying, like, don't you do that in life? I'm, going, I'm just going to do it anyway. Might as well eat the whole cake, you know. Like, we have that mindset. I'm just going to do it. And the devil's saying that. But you don't have to be that way. So today what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to you about, I believe, the science of creating and breaking a habit. Like, just give you scientific, hopefully this is a super practical way. Okay? Next slide. Now, <clears throat> here's this concept. Whenever it is you want to do something, there's a cue, there's a routine, and there's a reward. Like, and what I mean by a cue is when you see something, when you hear something, when you sense something, that's your cue. And, and, and isn't it true? Like when you see something, you immediately go, oh. And if I do this routine, boop, reward. Let me give an example. Coca-Cola is really good at this. That's the cue. They don't even need to put their name on it anymore. Right? They're just like, and you see that and you go, depending if you like Coca-Cola or not, you know, we don't need to confess or anything right here, but like if that's your thing, you see that and go, oh, and you usually, you know, there's so many smiling, really attractive men or women, you know, huh, they're playing volleyball and oh, wow, 
oh, oh I would like that, you know. Um, or, hey, it's only a dollar at McDonald's, whatever. And so if you just do this, then you'll get this reward, right? You'll get the sugar buzz, caffeine buzz, whatever type of buzz you're looking for, but you'll attach it to some type of emotion that you want, and you just see it and go, oh, there's my cue. And you go through this routine, and then you get this reward. What they've done now is this. <clears throat> they put your name on it now. Like, oh, my name is, you know, if your name's Jenny right now, you're like, that Coke was for me. Right? Bob. Friends. You know, like, the, I, I don't know what else they'd say. But, you know, they have these words on it. You're like, good times. I want good times. You know, so, but here's what's intriguing about it is, <clears throat> Whenever you see that cue, you always want that reward, and it will never go away. Now, I remember when I read the research on this, I thought, that's not true, because if that's true, how could I ever get victory over sin? But then I came to this realization. The reward that Coke is offering is actually the counterfeit of the true fruit that God is offering. So the deal is, the next time I have that cue, to find the true award. I'm driving down the road, it's late at night, and I am just tired. Q. Ooh, I could be away. So what do I do? Now, if I can rewire my brain to find a different routine, I could get the same reward. Did you know you can get more of a buzz? <laughs> sounds terrible. You can get more of a buzz off an apple in the morning than a coffee? Like, no one believes me. But if you're like, oh, I'm tired, and you hit an apple, like, it'll be like, boo. You know, drink like two big things of water, like, boo. Everything in your body will be like, wake up. But I mean, like, it'll totally get you going in the morning. But we don't believe that an apple and a couple glasses of water. We think Starbucks can help us, but not that. But when you get that cue, like, I'm super tired, you can actually rewrite your brain to give you a different routine, and you still would get a, the reward you're seeking. Does this make sense? Next slide. Now, I'm telling you, like, they're spending billions and billions and billions of dollars because they know this to be true, and they're totally selling their products as a result. Have you ever heard of uh, hydro, hydroxypropyl beta cyclodextrin? Excuse me. Have you ever heard of that? HPBCD? Has anyone ever heard of this? No one? Cool, then you'll like this. So this guy, he's a... He's a He's like one of those, you know, brainiacs, you know, that just lives in a lab and he just comes up with new chemicals and he makes billions of dollars for these different industries. And he's trying to work with this type of chemical. One day he comes home and his wife says to him, hey, when did you quit smoking? And he's like, I didn't quit smoking. She goes, yeah, of course you did. You don't smell like cigarettes anymore. And he's like, what? Yeah, she says, you don't smell like cigarettes anymore. Are you serious? And she, he says, yeah. He runs back to the lab, and he found that he created a chemical that eliminates odor. And he had been working with it and been spraying it, and it literally, it, to, to give you a visual, whatever the odor was, it would munch it and destroy it. He was like super excited. He went to his boss and said, we're going to be rich. This is amazing. I came up with this thing, and, 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 and the company got it. And they said, this is great. And they started running a test market. 
And uh, they met this girl, and um, she was a veterinarian, and she loved animals. The problem is she loved all kinds of animals, and she would bring them over to her house. Very attractive girl, single girl, but she had all of these animals, like skunks, all of these, and she reeked. I mean, they met her at her house, they walked into her house, and was like, whoa. And she says, you know, I really wish this product could work because I don't have much of a social life. I mean, I meet guys and they seem to like me, but whenever I invite them to my house, like, it's over. So, so seriously, the scientist goes, really? Well, let's try it. He, he sprays her whole house. He sprays her car. He sprays her. And it's all gone. And she's like, thank you. You've saved my life. HPPCD. And they're like, they're looking at each other and like, we are going to be so rich. So they, they, they got the product. They took it into the stores. They had this big release. And they had all of these massive samples, like big pyramids in the stores. And they sent test samples to all these people. And they thought, well, it's just a matter of time. This baby's going to just explode. And guess what happened? They didn't sell anything. A couple of months go by. No one was buying the product. Like, what's going on? This is like the great, one of the greatest products ever. Nope, nothing. So they start going to some of their test projects, and they go to this one lady, and uh, they walk into the house, and she's got like three or four cats. And it reeks. No offense, cat lovers. You know what I'm talking about, right? And it reeks. And they go in, they go, hey, huh, ma'am, did you get our product? And she's like, yeah. Oh yeah, it's great. I, it's under the car. It's under the counter. Actually, I really only use it a couple times. I really don't need it. And they're looking like, "What? You don't need it?" And they came to the realization that we don't realize that we smell. She lived alone, and she just didn't think she smelled. You know how it is. Like I don't, I don't want to get gross, but you know what I'm saying. Like someone will walk in the room, like, "Well, this is great." You're like, "I don't smell anything." It's like, "Did you take a shower?" No, you know, type of thing. We don't realize we smell. So like, whoa. Then they met this other lady. They came in, they walked in her house. Her house was perfect. And she's like, she, did you get the sample? She's like, yeah. I'm like on my fifth bottle. I use a bottle every month. Just she's like, and they said, why? She goes, well, she was like super OCD. She goes, well, I clean my house, and then I just spray it at the end, and it just makes me feel good, like it's over, like it's clean, like it's, it's fresh when I'm done. They're like, really? And so they go, wait a minute. We've got to tap into it. We've got to create this a habit. We've got to get our, our, our um, customers to believe that everything's not clean until they spray it. And we've got to infuse a smell into it so that they think that it's clean. Because if it doesn't have a smell, they don't think it worked. So they did. They call it Febreze. You guys know about Febreze. I remember when I first read this, I was so excited. And uh, we had some Febreze in the house. And you ever cut up melon and it's in the trash a little too long? It's just, I mean, like, that's a foul smell. And I remember as I had just read this, my wife opened up the trash. She's like, oh, that smells so bad. I go, wait, don't throw it away. You know, and I spread it full of Febreze. I said, smell it now. And she's like, huh. I go, well, let me tell you the story. And she's like, this is great. I just want you to take out the trash. 
But if we create habits, you follow what I'm saying? Like, it sticks. Next slide. So think of a new habit you would like to form. Okay, right now, do you, whatever it is. It could be, go ahead and click the next one. Or it could be, like, include a habit you want to stop as well. So maybe something you want to do every day or something you don't want to do. Do you have it? Got it in your mind? Yeah? Actually, back up, sorry. But that's, that's going to be a good quote. Get ready for that. So here's the key. You've got to figure out what that cue is and then infuse a new routine, believing that that's going to give you the reward that you really want. Let me give an example. You ever see these guys that try to quit uh, smoking? What are they usually doing? Chewing gum. They, this is the plan. It's like, well, the next time you want a cigarette, put a stick of gum in your mouth and just work that gum, you know, sometimes a nicorette, so it's just like an abbreviated form, but they're trying to get them to when that cue comes up, come up with a new routine. So this habit that you're thinking of right now or habit you're thinking of breaking, what ha what's your cue? Like, what's your cue? Let me give an example. <clears throat> I, have, I have this theory that um, nothing goes on well after like 5, 6 o'clock in the food area. Like, if you're putting something in your mouth after 5 or 6, it's not going to work real well for you. And so, don't eat after that. Now, I'm not, again, this is that's me. Now, do I follow that? Definitely not a camp meeting. No offense, camp meeting is awesome. But I mean, like, I, I just realized, man, why do I feel so bad? Well, you had two chopped sandwiches last night, like at 7.30. That can't be good. You know, and chase it with a little strawberry whip, whatever. They, you know, everybody has these little whipped cream desserts, you know. Oh, this would be good. Um, but my cue is when I get down to that time is like, oh man, I'm going to be hungry. I know I'm going to want to eat. So what am I going to do? Well, my routine can be a couple of things. One is to go for a walk, or secondly is to drink water. If I do those things, I won't eat. But if I don't do those things, I'm going to eat. Because I want the reward. I can't not get the reward when I get the cue. Does this make sense? This is where we fail. We think, well, I'm just going to eliminate the cue. You can't. You're just surrounded by it. But if you start doing this day in, day out, you'll start making changes. It might not happen overnight, but it will happen. I, I believe that with all my heart. Okay, check out this quote. It's essential that you cultivate faithfulness in little things. And in, in so doing, you will acquire habits of integrity and greater responsibility. The little incidents of everyday life often pass without, without our notice, but it is these things that shape the character. You know what Ellen White, just to pause for a second, you know what Ellen White says that in the carpenter shop, the stuff that Jesus, I'm totally paraphrasing, but it's in the Desire of Ages, um, the little stuff that he was doing in the carpenter shop was just as important as the miracles he wrought in his ministry. Really? Like he's making a chair? And it's super important to, that he was like, no, it's got to be perfect. He was setting himself up for 30 years to start his ministry, and then look what he did. And she goes, yeah, that carpenter shop stuff was just as important. Because it's what you do every day that sets you up for greatness. Every event of life is great for good or for evil. The mind needs to be trained by daily tests that it may acquire power to stand in any difficult position. 
In the days of trial and peril, and of peril, you'll need to be fortified to stand firmly for the right, independent of every opposing influence. So, <clears throat> number one, define the habit. Again, define what it is you want. You've got that? Second, identify your cue. Just where they are in your life, what, you know, when you see them. Some of you, like every time you see your television or your computer, you think, Food. Or every time you see your Bible, you think, Bible study. I, I mean, good or bad. I don't want to be negative Nancy here. But, you know, identify what your cue is and put those cues in front of you. There's a reason why when you go to, like, health clubs and stuff, they'll have pictures of these, like, really good-looking people, you know, all fit and everything. Because you're looking around, you're like, that's me. All right. I'll be there. You know, like you just, you think, you know, it's kind of, they're trying to cue you into a different way of thinking. Next. Identify the reinforcement. How can you reinforce this action? And, and it just depends on, you know, it depends on what the situation is. Four. Replace the action with something that will give you the same reinforcement. Because like I said, I believe that all of sin really is the counterfeit of the fruits of the Spirit. I want to drink because I want to be, you know, joy. I want joy, I want to be happy, or I want peace or whatever. Find something that will move that around. Whatever it is you're struggling with, or whatever it is you're wanting to create, find the real and replace the counterfeit with the real. So that when the cue comes up, bam, reward. Does this make sense? Any question? Like, I'm more used to, like, inner. Y'all get it? Okay, good. Making sure. Next. Keep records. <clears throat> this is really big. You know, some people, like, they journal if they're trying to uh, uh, quit, you know, whether it's quit swearing, change the way they eat, uh, if they're trying to get a victory over, you know, anything, pornography, whatever. They just keep records. And they, and <clears throat> Ty, you ever heard of Ty Cobb? Anybody ever heard of Ty Cobb? He's old, old school baseball player. Um, Ty Cobb used to do that. Uh, and Ted Williams actually was even greater than Ted, uh, Ty Cobb. He would, he would have someone write down scenarios when he, when he got a hit, when he struck out, what happened. And he would analyze the records of the scenarios, what pitchers threw, so that he could learn from it going forward. If you keep records of your successes, or even the days that you had a, you fail, it, it's powerful. <clears throat> Be persistent and write it out. Don't give up. Do you, do you remember in Proverbs, the righteous man falls how many times? Seven times, and what happens? He gets back up. Well, what do you have to be doing in, in order to fall? You have to be up. Right? You can't lay on the ground and then fall. You already fall. Like you, sometimes we beat each other up because we're like, oh, I fell again. But yeah, that means you were standing. Like, focus on that. Because sooner or later, you're going to get that victory. My buddy uh, Jack over here rides motorcycles. And he does some stuff that like none of us should ever try. But I can guarantee you, in the beginning, he fell a lot. 
His bones were made out of rubber. It wasn't a big deal. <laughs> but he kept doing it and doing it and doing it until eventually he does stuff that we just, like, there's like, no way I want to try it, but that's super cool. I can't believe you did that. You can get there. Have you ever heard a pastor speak or, or somebody talk about Jesus or, or reference the Bible and go, I, I, have you ever said this? I wish I knew I knew my Bible. I wish I knew my Bible that well. You could. It's not like, oh, I picked you. You're awesome. You can do that. You know, that's not, that's not how we roll. You know, God, Ellen White says that Christ's experience can be ours. If you look at everything that Jesus did, with the exception of one thing, he rose himself from the dead. But other than that, if you read the rest of the New Testament, his disciples duplicated those actions. They rose people from the dead, they performed miracles, they preached powerful sermons. They won souls to the kingdom, and so can you. So be persistent. Don't give up on yourself, because God isn't. Pray. I left this one for last. This is the biggest one. Pray. That's the biggest thing you can do is pray. We, you know, why don't we pray enough? I don't get it. It's like, well, yeah, I, I don't know. I've done this before. Like, someone's like, yeah, we should pray. Like, yeah, 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 we should pray. Or, I've exhausted all of my strength trying to fix a problem. I'm like, well, I better pray now. That's really dumb. Just saying. <laughs> Next one. Listen to this. The children of God are not left alone and defenseless. Prayer moves the arm of omnipotence. How would you like to see the Father flex for you today? Amen? Prayer has subdued kingdoms wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, and quenched the violence of fire. Can you think this? I mean, think this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, about to go into a fire that was so bad that the guards died. And I could just see him going, man, I love you, Jesus, but I really don't want to burn. Okay. They walk in. It's me, Jesus. What? I really don't want to get eaten by lions tonight. Lord, I love you, and I'll love you to the death. And this is the death, fine, but I really don't want to get eaten by lions. They were like kittens. I love the Buddy Hoteling song, right? Here, kitty, kitty. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it wasn't like they weren't starving. But the Lord said, not now. Really? Remember the floors, like, Oh, Lord, we're not going to be able to beat these guys. They're way bigger than us. You know, don't worry about it. I'll just let them kill themselves. <laughs> just show up. They'll all be dead. But no, we can't pray to God to fix our car. Fix our relationship. We can't trust God to decide our future. Really? Because he wants to. It's better that he picks it. We don't, I don't even know what's going to happen in 10 minutes. He knows what's going to happen 10 million years from now. And I guarantee you, if I listen to him, I'm going to like the idea. Like, I can think of so many times in my life, I really, really want this. I remember I wanted a Palm Pilot phone. Are you kidding me? And this was so funny. They came up with this new phone. It was called an iPhone. I was like, no, that's stupid. Pfft, no one will buy it. I want a Palm Pilot phone. 
because they're the name I know. And I remember trying to get it, and I couldn't buy it for whatever reason. And I was like, man, I really want to buy this. And I started whining to the Lord. I guess it's praying, but I was whining. And he was just like, just trust me on this. <laughs> Nobody's going to buy this, son. Why would you get this? And so I wasn't able to get it, and then all of a sudden I was like, man, what was I thinking? I'm going to iPhone. <laughs> but I mean, like, sometimes, like, we think, we, why do we, sometimes we always think everything's like so moral. It's just moral reason. Sometimes God just being a good dad and going, look, trust me, you don't want this. Just hold on a second. Okay? Relax. <laughs> oh. Just trust him. Next. Here's another key piece if you're trying to um, uh, overcome or create a new habit. Ecclesiastes 4.12, very powerful scripture. Um, Pastor Steve, you advance to this next slide. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Surround yourself with people who are going the same direction as you, and they will hook you up. They will help you not to fall. I guarantee you, right? There are certain food I can't eat around my wife. Because she'll be like, what are you doing? I was just going to have this uh, donut right here. I thought we weren't eating those. Yeah, we had that discussion, right? And she just looks at me. She's a very small, little, petite woman. But she's very, she's very, very, she's got the will. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't want that, don't. We're not. No, this is, that's junk right there. But you know, like, but you know what I'm saying? Like, if I want a donut, I'm like, hey, honey, uh, I'm going to go for a quick walk to Dunkin' Donuts, you know, whatever. But if I really want to get victory, right, I'm going to surround myself with those people. Isn't that right? That's why Jesus sent them out by two by two. It's not good for a man to be alone or a woman. Bad idea. And so, if you're, you know, again, whatever that habit is, find someone who will support you with that habit. I actually have young people who are struggling with online addictions. And so they said, hey, can I just send you a detailed description of everything I do online? I'm like, what do you mean? Well, I just want to give you an email that every time I do something I shouldn't, it tells you. Like, really? You want to do that? Yeah. So there's this one guy that does that, and I get it every week. And, and most of the weeks is pretty good, but some weeks is bad. And it's usually bad after 11 o'clock, because really nothing goes good on after 11 o'clock. You know, basically. So I'll get the email, so I'll just send him a text, and all I say is this, hey, how's it going? And he's like, oh, man. I'll say, you know, you really should go to bed earlier. I know. We go for a walk, yeah. So we go for, you know, but I mean, that's how it works. But if you didn't have any accountability, you, you know what I'm saying? It just gets. Eliminate forget about it situations. Now, again, I, you, you look at me like, I know what you're talking about exercise because you need to do more. I know. That's what, that's, I'm just being, being very transparent, and this is how I roll. I'm down about 30 pounds, but I need another 50. Amen. Thank you. But hey, you better keep going, brother. Amen. <laughs> I, you feel me, right? So anyway, here's the forget about it situation. I'm going to go running at 5.30 in the morning. I go, all right. And I wake up, and the bed feels, doesn't it feel so? There's certain times of the day where the bed is just, it's so heavenly. 
you know, and 5.30 in the morning, it's one of it, right? And so, so you get up and you wake up and you're like, forget about it, and you go back to sleep. However, if you did some things that forced you to get out of that comfort, there's a chance you could get victory. For instance, you could put shoes right by your bed. You're like, no, 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 that's not enough. Okay, set your alarm to your stereo in the living room that cranks up Bill Gaither, you know, to 10 decibels. You know, you're like, oh, joy comes in the morning. You're like, oh, man, I got to get up and shut that off, right? So you get out of bed, and there's your shoes. You're like, all right, fine, you know. But I mean, eliminate situations where you're just set up for failure. Okay, next. Commit to 30 days. Give it 30 days. Now, this is something that I've used in my prayer life. I have, um, do you ever get upset at people? Do you ever, like, some people just annoy you? You're just kind of like, hmm, you know, whatever. Uh, if you could hit them, you would, and not go to jail, or, you know, not be a, you know. Yeah, those people. Uh, okay, so what I did was, um, I'm like, well, I can't hate them, because the Lord was telling me, like, I love you as much as you love them. Wow, you hate me pretty much right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but they did me wrong, Lord. They're idiots. No, you have to love them. Because you're sometimes an idiot. That's true. So here's what I did. I would commit to praying for their salvation for 30 days. Not salvation, just salvation. Their prosperity. I would be like, bless this guy I can't stand. Bless his family. Bless his snotty little kids, you know. I wouldn't say that. But I mean, like, you know, bless, bless everything about him. May he prosper in his job. May he be amazing in whatever he does. Lord, just bless him. And, and, the, and the, um, the guy who holds the record for me hating him the longest doing this is two weeks. I could never make it to 30 days. By the middle of the month, I was just like, okay, I like him. I mean, not just like him, like I like him on that side of the church, like him. More like, I could go out to eat with you. I could talk to you. We're brothers. Now, they didn't even know that I couldn't stand him. Because, you know, like some of us, you know, we don't let people know that we can't stand him. Because, you know, those type of people that get in their face and yell at them right in the vestibule of Sabbath, you're like, you guys need to figure it out, you know. I like to hate in silence. <laughs> right? Is that not true? But you don't think God knows that? <laughs> so commit to 30 days. Don't tell everybody, I am praying for Pastor Bill because he's such a loser. And I'm praying to make it through, you know. No, don't do that. Just between you, go in your closet, right? And your Father in Heaven will reward you. So commit to 30 days. That works with prayer life. That works with any type of habit you're trying to establish. And another thing, too, is if you go 30 days, like, it seems like you could do it. Um, just before I moved here, I went, um, I tried to eat raw for a week. I don't know if you know what that means, how to eat, you know, like, like it's only, it, it can't have a mama, and you can't cook it, and so we're talking, like, you know, squash, zucchini, and it's usually cold. Well, yeah, it's cold. I mean, you can't cook it, so it's like... <laughs> We're, and I, we're, oh, we're gonna do that, you know. So I'm like, let's do it definitely. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> so like, we're gonna try it for a week. And there was, like, I don't know, seven or eight of us, a bunch of students, my brother and I, another teacher, and we got together and we're like, okay, we're gonna have to eat together, and we have to can't eat 
we list were together. Okay, so we got together and we had a riot. It was super fun. And yeah, I was ready for it to be over, but my point is I was able to do it because I was surrounded by people and I felt so good. But if I was going to do it by myself, forget about it, right? All right, next. <clears throat> be okay with your imperfection on the road to perfection because here's how it works. Come here. So, when Jesus takes your hand, right? Right where he grabs your hand, you're still standing where you fell. <laughs> no, you don't. But your environment tells you that you're still a loser. But you're holding on to your Savior, the winner. So he takes you and you start taking a couple of steps. If you continue to look at your environment, you're going to always be disappointed. You need to look into your Savior. Because here's how it works. When Jesus comes in all of His glory... Obviously, you're going with him because you're holding his hand. So be okay with your imperfection on the road to perfection. Now, what I'm not saying is, well, Jesus got my hand. I'm going to act like an idiot. No. Hold on to his hand and follow him wherever he takes you. And I can assure you that where he takes you will force you to leave things behind. But that's cool because what you got is better than what you have. Amen? Does this make sense? Next. Consecrate yourself to God in the morning. This is it. Like this. Make this your very this your, your very first work. Let your prayer be, take me, O Lord. It's holy thine. I lay all my plans at thy feet. Use me today in thy service. Abide with me and let all my work be wrought in me. This is a daily matter, like every day. It's like you wake up and you're like, man, this is so good. Oh, man, life, I had a great devotional last night or whatever. And, man, it was a good night's rest. Thank you, Lord. This is going to be a great day. But I have to get out of bed now. Right? I'm going to have to talk to people. I'm going to have to talk to my, my spouse, my children, the cat, the dog, right? And I'm pretty sure that like from here to there could be trouble. I just want you to speak through me. I want you to just, please, just take over. Like, possess my mind. Full possession. Do you know, Jesus said this, he goes, I only say, I only do what I see my father doing. I only speak what I see my father speaking. Can you, can you imagine? He would be like, they're walking along and guys are like, man, I'm starving. Let's go get some food. And Jesus is like, yeah, me too. And then the father's like, no, I want you to go sit by that well. Okay. Hey, you guys go ahead. I'm going to go sit over here in the well in the middle of the day. He just sat there. And here comes this woman, right? And she's coming, and he's like super thirsty. And, uh, and then the father's like, I'm going to tell you what to say here. Watch this. And so he was just getting, if you've ever watched sports, 
in baseball that the, 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 the manager is giving the, 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 the signal to the catcher who tells the pitcher what to throw. And that's how it was working. Like, she's talking, he's listening, and then the father's like, yeah, say this. And he's like, oh, okay. Boom. He changes her life. Ellen White again says, you could have that experience. How many have ever been in a situation where you said something that was so awesome that you were shocked? You know what I'm saying? Like somebody's needing Jesus and you give it to them and you get done and you go, that was awesome. Man, that was smart. I totally didn't come up with that. That's the Lord. I can't tell you how many times this happened to me because I'm not that brilliant. I'm like, man, I'm writing that down and I said it. I've actually told a student, could you write that down? Because I'm going to forget that. <laughs> and like they actually emailed me notes on what I did. It was like, man. And that's the Holy Spirit. Now seriously, how many of you experienced that? Isn't that super cool? Like let's just do that every day. Let's that be our habit. Each morning, consecrate yourself to God for that day. Surrender all your plans to Him to be carried out or given up as His providence shall indicate. Thus, day by day, you may be giving your life into the hands of God. And thus, your life will be molded more and more after the life of Christ until eventually we just act, look, and that's, that's where we just like Him. That's going to happen. Like Sooner or later, that's going to happen. In heaven, it's totally going to happen. So that's why she says you should take steps to Christ. Because sooner or later, it's going to happen. Is that it? Okay. <laughs> so now it should be some smooth wrap-up. Any questions? Does this make sense? Look, I know he wants you to have victory over what you're struggling with, and I know he wants to help you establish new habits that will transform your life. Just look back and see how he's given you the wins in the past. He's going to do it again. He wants this. And what God wants, he gets. There's only one thing that God wants that he potentially can't get. And you have 100% choice in that decision. Because he wants you. So if you're in, he's already been in. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for being our God and for giving us this powerful brain, this powerful body that can, can do so many great things if we just give You control. Lord, You know my heart. You know how deceitfully wicked it is. You know how I want to do things, but I don't do them. I, I, I struggle, just like Paul said in Romans 7. It drives me nuts. I want to give it all to You. We want to give it all to You. Give us the habits that are eternal and destroy the ones that aren't. So we pray in Jesus' name.
This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.